Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And now it's time for Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Morell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor here inside the 670 The Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Get to hang out with you guys for a couple of hours leading you into Cubs baseball. Cubs taking on the Kansas City Royals. First pitch, 805. But again, we're going to lead you. All the way up to there, uh, Clay, making your uh, your bit. I can't say debut because you've uh, I've had you on my show, so you're not debuting on the score, but you're hosting debut. How are you feeling right now, man? I'm feeling good, man. It's good to be in studio. It's like, uh, you know, it's like that first day of uh, of practice, man. You don't really know what to expect. You go in, you're excited about it. You got the butterflies, but I'm just trying to have fun, talk some sports, Chicago sports. I'm a local guy, so I'm looking forward to it, Gabe. Yeah. I mean, we've had some we've had some shows together. We've done some stuff together, yeah. man. And the good thing about like if there's ever a show to do your first show on, it really is with me because I'm super chill. I'm not, you know, we're not gonna do break you over the head with a bunch of metrics and everything like that. But we are gonna use our Homer heart to talk about some of our favorite teams, right? And the way I we're gonna it. do that is uh, we're still gonna kick off the show the way we always do. This is called the trifecta, the top three stories that have been living in my head rent-free all day. Number three. <laughs> so the number three one is, man, Cam Newton. If you've been searching on if you've been on TikTok, you've been on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, Cam Newton is living there for one reason or another. And we've heard his gripes, Clay, where he talks about, you know, still having it or still having the ability while he's wearing his, you know, fancy hats and his, and his scarves and his all that good stuff. But to hear him say that, you know, he was going to be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day, was just a little bit. Uh, it was a little interesting to me. Tell That's me very interesting. Man. This guy's played over ten Keep years. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna say. I can't wait to say it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm seeing a lot of people calling the idea, and it's official. I will be throwing at Auburn's pro day Tuesday. Ain't 32 better than me. You did. <laughs> All right, Clay. He says 32, 32 quarterbacks aren't better than him. You agree with that? I don't agree with that. I mean, he's had he's had his opportunities, man. And I was a Cam Newton fan, but 
I mean, it went back to with New England. You, you played in 15 games, and you had eight touchdowns, 10 picks. I mean, you really couldn't get the job done. You couldn't lead them to a playoffs. And you had the next year, you go, you go to Carolina. They give you an opportunity. You couldn't get it done there. You had two opportunities in your season. Most most quarterbacks can't say that. They get one last chance. You had two opportunities. They've We've seen you throw. They know you can throw. So, unfortunately, I think his time has passed, and I think there are guys that but, are better than him. What, what do you think it is, though? I mean, you can say the time, but do you think it's a personality issue? Because when I see Cam Newton, love him, huge Cam fan, but sometimes people don't want you to be the most you know, outspoken kind of guy, especially if you're coming in like in a backup role. Like think about like a Baker Mayfield or somebody that's 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 a little larger than life. Like people don't necessarily want they want like a Jared Stidham, right? They yeah. want a Chase Daniels. They don't yeah. want a Cam Newton. Absolutely. That guy in the locker room, I mean, this guy's larger in life. Former first pick in the NFL draft, Cam Newton, the loud outfits, the guy who's always in the media. You don't need that as a backup quarterback. And then halfway through the year, he starts saying maybe he should be playing over. Then you, <laughs> then you got this whole deal right. in the locker room. And that's something you don't need, and it's a headache. And he ain't going to play for the minimum. Yeah. And I will say this, though. He did look impressive. Uh, well, he was making that video where he was running saying he was going to be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. I wonder how many scouts were actually uh, taking him seriously. Number two. Number two story inside the trifecta right here on 670 The Score. So there was a really good article on Yahoo Sports, Clay. It was by Vincent Goodwill, and, and it was titled, Parsing the NBA's MVP Debate Around Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid Amid Questions of Voter Motives. And what he was really talking about was, you know, you've had Kendrick Perkins and J.J. Redick. You know, talking about race, you have, you know, they, they brought back quotes of Larry Bird back in the day talking about it. And it seems like it's gotten away from, and I agree with this article, you know, what it's really supposed to be, be about. I understand Jokic has won several, and there's that unwritten rule where you probably shouldn't give him three in a row. But he's averaging a triple-double for the number one team in the Western Conference. When it comes to MVP for you, right, obviously you played nine years in the NFL. You've been around a lot of amazing athletes. What, what is MVP? How is that defined in your head? To me, it's the best player. It's the it, whoever the best player in the league is. To me, is the most valuable player in the league. And I know some people say it should be the mo- the best player on the best team, but I think there is a certain level a team has to be. You can't be the worst team in the league and be the best player and be the MVP. Right. If you're top five in your conference, top five in the league, I think from there you find the MVP. And I think Embiid's a guy that could do that. Like 34 points, over 10 boards. 55% from the field, 85% free throw percentage. We're not talking about stats, but MB is a guy I think can be the MVP. Obviously, Jokic is, is averaging that triple-double, but I think it's neck and neck. I think it has nothing to do with race, but for me, it is who's the best player in the league. And I think, in my opinion, I think it's MB. I, like I think it. Jokic second. I think it's MB. And after watching him, I know even in a loss, 37-15 against our Bulls. So, I mean, this guy can play. I think he is that dude, and he should be the MVP. But I wouldn't be upset if it was Jokic because he's doing his thing too. He's also a dominant player. I mean, Joel Embiid, that's the one thing you could say about him. You saw it last night. You see it you know, night in and night out when he's actually on the floor. But Jokic, man, I went to go watch the Bulls play, uh, and they played against Denver. And Jokic had like four points, but he had like 20-something assists. Yeah. The way that he was able to affect the game was crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think also, just like you, I think Joel Embiid should have it just because of how dominant he is. Yeah. When we talk about guys like Shaq or LeBron, and we talk about those things, obviously you have to take that into consideration here. But, again, I'm glad that the MVP debate needs to get away from that, go back to how these two guys are affecting the game night in and night out, and then really make an educated guess as to, to who should be the most valuable player in the league. Number 
One. Speaking of that uh, guy, Joel Embiid, of course, ended up losing to the Bulls yesterday, which is really exciting, man. 109-105, Bulls take the victory. I was watching the game, and, you know, they beat Miami Clay, and they, you know, they, they pull off some some really impressive victories. And then I thought to myself, Bulls were plus 295 yesterday to win, by the way. Mm. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, man, are the Bulls really going to catch this team off guard? You know, a team that, you know, probably thinks they have the Bulls number, but they haven't faced this Bulls team. Yeah. And it, it was interesting to see. And, and and Will Purdue actually was on with Mully and Hall earlier today. And, you know, the Bulls take on the 76ers tomorrow as well. And and Will had some, some really good insight as to what should have happened with these two games versus Sixers. They got Philly again on Wednesday at home. Mm-hmm. They had to win one of those two games. Because what they're trying to do now is, you know, give themselves some cushion against the, the 11th and 12th spot. So now they're up two games on Washington, two and a half on Indiana. And I think they really need to put themselves in a position to where they can get to that eighth spot, which is right now Atlanta, which is only a game ahead. And guess what? Atlanta is the one team they still play in these last 11 games. And if they win that game, I'm pretty sure they win the tiebreaker. And then that gives them, even if that both teams end 41 and 41, then that would give them the eighth spot. And then they only have to play one game in the play-in tournament. And guess who sits in that seventh spot right now? Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, who they're 3-0 and against this year. Be careful what you wish for, Will Purdue. Uh, Clay Harbner is here with me right now. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. So from this stretch and just over the last, you know, even since the All-Star break, Clay, who do you feel has been the most impressive member of the Chicago Bulls for you? Well, I mean, obviously, you got to go with the guy who's changing around. I mean, that's Pat Bev. Let's go! The guy, I mean, Pat Bev just brings that mentality. He's got that dog. He he brings the energy. You know, he's going to be giving you 100% every time. Obviously, DeRozan, you got, you know, you got Levine. I think all these guys can play. You know, last night, I mean, you look at my man, Derek Jones, that block on oh, Harden, he got up. That was so nasty, and he's such an underrated player. I've said it all year long, like what he can bring to this team, but he's taking his role like a man. He said, you know what, I'm not going to get any tick. It's cool, but when you let me in, what he said yesterday during the postgame interview, he said, uh, you don't have Adonis to. Haslam, he said, you never have to uh, get, get ready. ready if you stay ready. Right. You don't got to be ready if, you, if you're already ready. Some, yeah, you don't cursed. have to get Something ready like if that. you stay ready. Yeah. And you I, know I these, agree with you that. Should know these, you should know these yeah. sayings better than I do. You're the, you're the, you're the expert NFL athlete. Yeah. Vooch, too, though. Vooch, obviously, he didn't shut down Embiid, but he played him tough. Hey. He played good defense. If you can get 21 and 12 against Embiid, we were just talking about someone that is being considered for the most valuable player. I mean, it says a lot about your game. Absolutely. But you're right. I think everybody is kind of pitched in and it's been fun man and I, I know that we're, we were all out on the bulls a month and a half ago <laughs> yeah. but just like all chicago sports teams once they win a little bit they'll suck you back in so i'm, I'm actually glad they're in this position and like will Purdue said i do hope that they get into the eighth spot not necessarily to take on jimmy butler but just so that there's an easier path to getting into Jimmy the Buckets, man. Bring back Jimmy Buckets. Nah. It would be it'd be poetic to beat him in that playing game. Yeah. I, I, I like that. You I know, like with DeRozan, that. our new our new superstars, Levine. You know, I love these guys. Pat Bev, this guy's bringing a whole energy to this team. And it's fun to watch. I'm going to go to that game tomorrow. I like that, man. Uh, it'll be my birthday. Go ahead. Uh, that's a trifecta right there, ladies and gentlemen. Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor here in studio. Again, it's brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Got to shout out everybody. That's listening on the Odyssey app. Don't forget, man, ton of cool stuff on there. Not only can you get the podcasts of each and every show here on 670, tons of exclusive content like our go lives that we do all the time. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Shout out to everybody listening on the 104.3 HD2 channel as well. 
Uh, Clay in studio, hosting for the first time here on The Score. Uh, I feel like uh, Trifecta is like a good way to just kind of get in, you know? It's real oh, easy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Nothing it, too crazy. Yeah, you tough know? stories, yeah. Yeah, not, nothing too tough. That's the whole thing right there. I like to keep it light to start the show off. But we still got to talk about some bears because that is what's going to dominate uh, the majority of this conversation. And if you guys want to chime in, Tyler, why don't we go ahead and clear the lines? Uh, 312-644-6767. Of course, that's our text line. Uh, we both have it up right now, but you can call in as well if anything that we mentioned about the Bears uh, sparks your interest or you want to chime in on. Um, so Dave Wanstead was talking to Mullion Hall earlier today, Clay, and you know we've seen Ryan Poles in different situations now. We've seen him, you know, behind the desk at Hallis Hall as a a true GM. We've seen him on Barstool being you know a funny dude, and and we've also heard him with Peter King. Yeah. Being just open and honest, and I think you and I were talking about that before the show, is something we genuinely appreciated about him. And Dave wants that kind of hinted as to why he felt Ryan Poles is a bit more candid with a guy like Peter King. Peter King did or somebody about, well, we got all these draft picks. This is a big year for Justin Fields. That kind of not didn't surprise me, but he's talking about being candid. He's saying, hey, we're going to try to help Justin as much as we can. And we're going to probably be more balanced on offense than what we've been. But Justin's got to do his end of the – he's got to hold up his end of the bargain. And he's, he's got to become a, a little better passer in our minds or whatever it is. So I thought that was pretty candid also. No, I love that, man. I think that's uh, that's perfect. You, you want your GM to tell you exactly which – as a player, you want to know what they want you to do. What are they looking for me to do? This is your boss. Tell me. Don't be – you know scheming, you know, behind the back, you know, leave it up for, uh, you know, whatever, whatever I think. Let me know. Let me know what you want from me. Let me know where you see me. So now I can just focus on getting better. But it's a business, Clay. Isn't that what they say? Like, it's a business. There shouldn't have to be that directive, right? Or there shouldn't have to be that level of communication. So why do you think Ryan pulls? Is it because he's younger? Or do you think he just wants to operate in that space because he's he's lived there before with a different organization? Like what what do you think is the is the is the push there for him to be so communicative with the Chicago Bears team? I think he, he's younger, so he doesn't fit into the rules of the NFL. The old rules used to be the coaches, the GMs, they have their side of the building, the players have theirs. They don't have to tell us nothing. You know, we'll figure it out when whenever whenever somebody gets traded, whenever they bring in a guy. Poles is different. He's going to let his young quarter, this is a 23-year-old kid, you let him know, hey, like you're our guy, we're going to stick with you here. Now he doesn't have that in his head. He's just going to go and focus on getting better. As much as you want to say, you know, block all this inf- this stuff out, you're a 23-year-old kid if you're Justin <laughs> right. Fields. At the end of That's the day. difficult. That's hard to block out. Now he's able to just go out there. You see him working with Mooney. You see him working with Komet doing, in the weight room. So now he's able to focus and then just improve his game and that's going to help in the long run. This guy knows he's the guy. Now he just gets to focus on the playbook, focus on getting better, and focus on being that guy, QB1, that's going to help us win this division this year. Hey, that's the hope, all right? He's Clay Harbor, <laughs> nine-year NFL veteran. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We're going to continue the Bears conversation on the other side. As I mentioned, phone lines are open. A text line is open. And, you know, I tweeted it out earlier today, Clay. I said, will Khalil Herbert be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears when the season starts. We are going to answer that question on the other side, and I'd like you to do the same, all right? 312-644-6767. Do you think Khalil is going to be the starter, or do you think do you have another name in mind? I'd love to hear that, all right? It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor. We'll be back after the break talking more Bears right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. 
Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hanging out on a Tuesday, Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, and we get an opportunity to talk about some Bears. And the question I posed earlier was, is Khalil Herbert going to be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears when the season starts? 312-644-6767. Would love to hear a name that's piqued your interest. Clay, I'll start with you before I get to the text line. First, answer the question. Do you think Khalil Herbert will be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears when the season kicks off? Yeah, I think he will be. Okay. Yeah, he had a good year last year. The thing that Khalil Herbert, people don't realize, he led the NFL in yards per carry. This guy's explosive. He needs to work on his blocking. He needs to work on his pass catching. He needs to work a lot on his pass protection because that, that's a weak point. That's some of the stuff that Montgomery did, catching the ball at the backfield, the third down back. But as strictly a runner, a guy that can break along, when he had a 63-yard run last year, this guy averaged 5.7 yards per carry, the most in the NFL for a running back. Khalil Herbert will be your starter, but I love Dante Foreman. I mean, this guy came in last year once he traded CMC, Christian McCaffrey, 914 yards. He had 500-yard games in the last 10 games after McCaffrey was gone. This guy can run. He can play. He had 5.2. He had 4.5 yards per carry last year as well and five touchdowns. These two guys together, I think, will be a top 10 running back duo, but Khalil Herbert will be the starter. Dante Foreman coming in, uh, give, spelling him. This guy's explosive. He ran a 4-4 at the combine. He can move, but he also needs to work on his blocking ability. The coaches didn't trust him to catch. He had nine nine pass receptions last year. Well, that's why they brought in Homer, right, who said that uh, he's like, hey, man, my, my pass blocking is impeccable. It's unmatched. He's like, and I'm going to go ahead and prove that with this team. So he'd probably be like your third down, kind of change of pace back in certain situations. But I look at Khalil Herbert. I mean, you bring up the you know leading the league in, in, in yards per rush at 5.7. And what you loved last year, Clay, was the fact that he had that explosiveness factor. Where with David Montgomery, I love David Montgomery, very clear. I, you know, you knew what you were going to get from him. 80 some yards, 40 out of the, you know, from in the passing game, 
and a couple of key first downs on first or second and long. He was capable of doing those things. Yeah. But what you, what you feel like you lacked in certain situations was just that home run, right? Yeah. You feel like you never got that. You know, they talk about these these splash plays on defense, but sometimes from from an offensive perspective, you got to have those as well. You got to have those big 60-70 yard runs that end up in a touchdown to kind of take some pressure off of your offense. Okay, I love David Montgomery, right? Loved. Love I love David that we David. talk about it's like it's like when parents that hate their kids say, "Listen, man, I love my kids." <laughs> yeah. But no. I love Montgomery, but I mean, he had great moves, great shift, but that man was carrying a piano on his back. He was dragging an anchor <laughs> on a breakaway. He you could pass 10 you yards. You like you're faster than him? I could beat him in a race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what his 40 was, but I ran a 4.5. I guarantee he ran a 4.6. Okay. I, mean, I love Montgomery. He was shifty. He was quick. He would find the holes, but he had no breakaway speed. And Poles, Getsy, in this offense with Fields, you need a guy that can hit the home run. That's why they brought in Foreman. That's why they brought in, you, you just named your boy Trav, you know, Travis Homer. Look mm-hmm. at his combine stats. 4-4-8, 39-inch vertical, 10-10 broad jump. Yeah. This guy should be in the Olympics. Somebody that Ryan Post said he was big on for a long time, which is why he brought him in. I mean, I guess I just, it's like the believability factor for me when it comes to Khalil Herbert. Like, okay, you did well when you were splitting carries and – you know, even though he did do well in some starting start, starting situations, but it's like, can you do it consistently over the course of a year? Yes. You know, is this someone that I, I I'm I'm actually you know genuinely more interested in a guy like Dante Foreman, who if you watch just if you go back and watch any of the games from last year where he had 20 carries, he was a force and yeah. a big area where the Bears struggled last year was inside the gold zone or the red zone, and all his touchdowns, you know, maybe like two are from the five yard and in. But a lot of them are from the 12-yard line, 13-yard line, where he's running over guys, hitting that extra level, and finding pay dirt. Yeah. You know, and that's what you re- – for me, that's what I really want for my running back because how often do we see David Montgomery, Clear Herbert, get the ball on the 10 to 15-yard line, and they would stay just right there. I went to watch some highlights on this guy, and I couldn't believe they got him for the deal he did. Dante Foreman? Dante Foreman. Right? The guy's legit. I mean, he's breaking tackles. He's running dudes over, but – Khalil Herbert can do it. One of my good buddies, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, told me that he had Khalil Herbert as a second-round grade coming out of Virginia Tech. He can he can carry the load. The Virginia Tech's in the ACC. In 11 games, he had almost 1,200 yards at eight yards of carrying eight touchdowns. I mean, this guy can be the go-to guy. That's a tough conference. Coming out, obviously, he had a couple good years, but he can be the guy. He can carry the load. He did it in college. He did it last year. Obviously, he was you know splitting carries with Montgomery. But his efficiency in this offense is something you can't pass up. Dante Foreman is great, big, bulky. He's going he's gonna to do some good things in this offense. But Khalil Herbert, man, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Sign him to your fantasy team. I think he's going to have a breakout year with Fields. <laughs> I love that. That's, the, that's how we do it. Right? That's the metric. He's going to be good in fantasy. And I, and I do believe that he can have, you know, a – he can have a, an impactful season, and I want him to, right? Yeah. But a lot of text messages are coming in talking about the Bears drafting a running back. And obviously, you know, some outliers are taking, you know, B. John Robinson at nine, which we know is not going to happen. But I do, do you think that the Bears will waste, not waste, but use one of their 10 picks on that particular position when obviously a lot of people feel that there are some other holes out there uh, that need to be plugged? I think it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen, right? I think that there are some deep players in this draft. One guy that I like, he's a local dude to Illinois, was Chase Brown. I think he falls the fifth, sixth round, 4-4, 40-yard dash at the combine, 10-5 broad jump, uh, almost 39.5-inch vertical. Chase Brown, Illinois product. I watched him at the Senior Bowl. 
you know, had some ups and downs, but he's a guy that can play. And this is a deep running back class. Obviously, you're not going to get Bijan Robinson or some of these top-level guys. But if you get down in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, I think you can find some some steals. And I think Chase Brown is a guy that's explosive. He's fast, and he could contribute. But, I mean, you got Herbert. I mean, he's the guy. He's going to be your guy, right? And I think that Foreman is going to be your number two, and then Homer is, is going to have a some sort of a plan there for him. So I don't know how much you know they really want to invest in the running back. And I mean, this team's got a lot, a lot of holes. Yeah, and it was funny, Clay, because you know when you talk to a lot of people, one of my good friends broke it down to me when I was talking about David Montgomery because he was like, "Yo, Gabe, but why, 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 why?" And then my other friend said, "Well, think about it. They're probably going to get the same production from Khalil Herbert, Dante Foreman, and Travis Homer as they did." From Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, except it's going to cost you, yeah. you know, half the amount of money. Yeah, and I think that's where the Bears are at right now, where they'd rather send four million dollars to a defensive lineman as opposed to paying an extra four million for David Montgomery. But you know, he's going to kill us when he comes to Chicago. You know, he's going to kill us when Bears make their way up to Detroit. He's going to go off for 120 yards, 125 yards, because he's going to be like, "Feed me the rock." Take a couple of. He's going to. He's going to go. He's going to go right at Eddie Jackson. He's like, you know, I love my yards after contact. Because he's that kind of a guy. No, I, 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 I hear that, but I think that honestly, looking at the stats and and looking at the film, I think you know Dante Foreman is going to be better. Like Poles did a good Ooh, job of paying that. him. I love that. He he paid him less, but he's paying. He's finding guys that will be good. He's paying them for what they're going to do, not what they've done. As far as what they've done, Montgomery, but what they're going to do, Dante Foreman. You saw what happened when McCaffrey left. He turned into one of the best backs in the league. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not just saying that because he's a bear now. Right. Like this guy turned in to a legit threat. Almost had a thousand yards. Almost had a thousand yards. And he wasn't even playing that much until McCaffrey left. And I mean, that offensive line wasn't great. And, and he's averaging 4.5 a clip, five touchdowns. And I think it's going to be impressive what he's able to do. Clay Harbor, Gabe Ramirez here on 670, the score, hanging out with you guys until Cubs baseball kicks off. Cubs taking on the Kansas City Royals. First pitch at 8.05. We got you up until then. Clay Harbor, uh, a nine-year NFL vet. Talk to me about a guy like Dante Foreman and what he's thinking coming to a new team, right? Because I think a lot of times as fans, we simply think that, you know, it's a plug-and-play situation. You did X at, you know, in Carolina, so therefore we are going to expect the same, if not better, you know, from you. But there's a lot that goes into that, right? When a guy is coming to a different team, what was it like for you and what what is that mindset like? Yeah, he got a one-year, $3 million deal. So he's still on a prove-it contract. He wants to come in here. He wants to get some reps. He wants to show and prove that he wasn't a one-year one year wonder. This is a guy that's been cut a couple times. This is a guy that's you know had some issues you know with some law stuff, getting kicked out of the game before. I mean, he got in a fight, got kicked out of a game. So this is, a, this is like a redemption arc with him. And he wants to come here. He wants to show this team that he can be a guy that can follow the rules, that can play well and can really show that he need, he deserves a big contract. I think he will. But but talk to me about your personal experience. Yeah. You know, playing in the league, coming to, going to a, a different team that, that drafted you, right? What's that like when you're – obviously, Coach Eberflus has established a culture here in year one. Yeah. And then you're a guy coming into that space where there's already a quarterback, there's already a couple of key components, and you're trying to fit – like, what's that like? It's good because you can kind of reinvent yourself, especially if you're a guy that, that feels like – you know, maybe you didn't have the the best reputation and, and, you know, hearing, you know, how his career went over there, I kind of feel like that was him. He wants to come and he wants to show that he can re- reinvent himself. He could show that he's a guy 
that can be counted on to be a guy that's in the weight room early. He's in the film room early. He can catch the football. He can do all these things. He can be a blocker, all the things that they said he couldn't do there. Now he gets a whole new start. He can just show him a whole new him. If he shows he can do it, he, there's no preconceived notion because they've never, they've never seen him in the locker room, in practice, in training camp, and, and seen exactly what he can do when you get into the nitty-gritty with these drills, with this inside drill during mm-hmm. practice. How can he block? And that's how you build the trust and that's how you get more reps. If you can stay on the field on third down and catch the football, you can block. And that's what he's going to want to do. He's going to want to show him that he's not a guy that, that has to be pigeonholed into one role like he was pigeonholed into when he was in Carolina. He wants to go and prove that he can be a full four down back. And he, and he sh- said that. Yeah. That's what he said. He says, I'm not here to just be a backup. I, I want to be the guy. And that's the type of guy you want. You want a guy that wants to come in. And be the guy, and that that adds that competition. And competition makes everybody better. That's going to make Herbert better. Not him saying, coming in, oh, Herbert's the guy, I'm just going to back. No, push each other, and then it's going to be 1A and 1B. That's the attitude you got to have. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Pohl said it himself last year, right? We're bringing in bodies to create competition because that's what makes everyone better. You love something like that from Dante Foreman having the ability and opportunity to come in. But I love what you said, man. You get an opportunity to reinvent yourself, Yeah. right? You could say what you want to say about me, but like you mentioned, no one here in this room or at this practice has seen me done has seen me do this drill. Absolutely. Has seen me work at this level. Well, now I don't care what you thought about me. I am this and I get I love that, man. In Philly, that gets me hyped up. Yeah. In Philly, I get drafted to Philly. I didn't know how to handle myself as a pro as good as I should have. And I come in, you know, I go to I play four years in Philadelphia, then I'm a free agent. I sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I go in there and I, and I become Denzel Washington, Barack Obama. I'm the first guy in the <laughs> yeah. weight room. I'm the last guy to leave the film room. I'm doing my film study there. I'm getting everything done, and I become the most trusted guy. Not the coaches are asking me questions mm. about the playbook. I got a chance to completely reinvent myself as a young guy in Philly. Maybe it was a guy that you know the coaches aren't sure I know what I'm doing in Jacksonville. They're they're asking me questions about the offense. I love that. Like literally, you can reinvent yourself. That's what happened with me in Jacksonville. And then that's what can happen with him here. I love that opportunity. You go in there, you reinvent yourself, and you become a whole new player to this franchise. And you get to create your future. You get to create what happens. And none of that, anything that happened in Carolina, you know, whatever happened with him, nothing. Now he's got a whole new, whole clean slate to just show what he can do. It's so funny because, you know, we as regular human beings, right, we – we understand that there's a difference between a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old, right? Oh, yeah. in, our, in our own personal lives. Yeah. But we rarely give that grace to NFL athletes or athletes in general. Where the assumption is that, you know, you should be at your best from the moment you get into the league yeah. to the moment you leave. But that's just – that's not likely. You got – it's young 20-year-olds. Think about back to when you were 20. You're probably an idiot, right? And, yeah. and these guys, you know, some of them just need the opportunity. Like you mentioned, you saw how valuable it was to do those kinds of things, yeah. to be a good teammate, to be a good – uh, employee, right, in those moments. That's why I'm not ready to to, to write off Jalen Carter. I know he had a bad pro day. I, I know he's getting in, you know, he's getting in trouble with the law and he he comes in out of shape, but this man is 21 years old. I mean, I wasn't doing smart things at 21 Preach. years old. You talk to the guy, you get to know his personality, you get to see what kind of person he is. Is he a guy that can change, come in here and work hard? If he comes in and says, Hey, sorry, I had a lot weighing on my on my mind because you know, a buddy of mine just passed. Like, you know, mentally I wasn't there. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to be a great player in this league. If you guys draft me, you're going to regret it. I'm going to be a Hall of Fame player. I'm going to work my tail off every day. Then you don't you don't pass on this guy if he falls to nine. Yeah. If you go and you do your due, due diligence and you think, okay, this guy, he really isn't going to work that hard. Okay, pass on him. But I'm willing to give him a pass on the pro day, you know, a pass on, you know, some of the things that happen 
in his in his past because yo, know, like you said, you're 21 year old kid. You're not kid. you're not an adult that's been you're experiencing things. Now that's an experience. He can grow from that. He can learn from that. And he can become better. And that's awesome, man. Because that's what it's what we want from people like that. A guy like Jalen Carlos, Heidi touted. Everyone was under the assumption that he was going to go in the top five. Then that happens, and then of course you know PR and media changes the narrative. Not to say that is not deserved because clearly you know he dealt with that. But I think that Ryan Ryan Poles is doing is doing his due diligence, meeting with the guy, talking to him one on one, not allowing for somebody else to create the narrative, just to get it from the horse's mouth himself. And again, we talk about the transparency of Ryan Poles. I mean, this is the thing he does well. He speaks the language of the younger generation, right? Mental health is important. Clarity is important. They're not, you know, they, they don't want to have things left in the air because then what would happen? Their brain will explode trying to think of yeah. the 40 different, uh, you know, outcomes that can happen there. So you do love the fact that, you know, if Jalen Carter is there, you know, that might be somebody that the Bears could look at. All right, we, that's what we're discussing on the other side. Bears do have the number nine pick in the draft by way of a trade with the Carolina Panthers. I'm, I'm interested to hear... Who Clay thinks we should take at nine? I know who I think the Bears should take up. We'll, we'll we'll take a stroll around Clay's mind and see what he thinks. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor hanging out till 8 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio, 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. Uh, we're having a time, ladies and gentlemen. So glad you guys are hanging out with us. Clay Harbor in studio having his first go round as a host here on 670 to score. Uh, hopefully we're not too tough on him. Tyler, you know, you put together a beautiful intro for him. I was, I'm, was that, did somebody give you that or did you ask for that? Oh, I just asked Russ to grab that for me. Did you really? Yeah, he made that for That's me. That's the good thing about Tyler, man. Like he actually went and asked our voice guy to make, to say your name and my name together so we can have a brand new intro. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Tyler. That's what's of course, up, man. man. That's big time, man. People at the score, man, they, they treat you right. I got to be honest. I've been on we a couple of stations, part. and uh, they treat you right here, man. This is a good, this is a good place We're to a good be. Group. So you're in, you're in good hands, like Allstate. Except, wait, they're the sponsor? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we were talking before the break, Clay, about you know the Bears and that number nine pick. Before we get to the actual pick itself, you heard Ryan Pohl say, hey, man, you know there, there was thoughts of trading down to the Texans first and then – moving from there to maybe number nine or somewhere else. But he wanted to pull the trigger, right? Because yeah. he, he didn't want to wait. And he thought the timing was impeccable. right after the, the combine, wanted somebody to fall in love with them. What were your thoughts on that? Did you think, not that it was the right move, because I think we all agree that that was a good move, um, but would you have liked him to do the double trade? Or, or you're like, no, nah, I think you, you had it right in front of you. You take that because it's right there. I think that's something we're never going to know. But it's like a wise man once said, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? You have that bird in the hand. You don't try to get the two in the bush. You got the bird. Yeah, maybe you could trade down to the Texans and you, you trade back to the Colts and you, you trade back to the Panthers and you get this haul of draft picks that sets you up. But guess what you did get? You got DJ Moore. You got a number one receiver for QB1. You saw what happened with Jalen Hurts when yeah. he got a number one receiver. People went from an 80, 86 rating to 102 rating. Justin Fields had an 85 rating this year. I think he's going he's gonna to pull the same type of improvement that Hurts did. So DJ Moore being in that deal made it okay for me. If he wasn't, I'd be like, yo, hold up and see what you can get. Yeah. See if you can get more draft picks. But getting a player like him 
really knocked it out the park, slammed the door. You got the two first, you got the second, you got the second next year. So I think it was a good move. You know, maybe you could have got more if you waited and maybe some people, you know, they get scared and they might, they might give up more. But overall, I think it was a good move. You put yourself in a good position. Now you're at number nine. You've had a good free agent class. You're at number nine. What are you going to do now? And you got four picks in the top, you know, 65. So, so what do you think? I mean, we're sitting at the number nine pick. You know, you've seen, let's just assume that four quarterbacks have gone off the board in no particular order. You know, you're Stroud, you're Young, you're Levis, you're Anderson. Let's work on, under that assumption. Yeah. And then there's a Will Anderson off the board. So you're left with, you know, the best cornerback, a couple of offensive linemen, a second tier, you know, edge rusher like a Tyree Wilson. What direction are you going if you're sitting at nine? I think I'm going to work under the assumption that Carter's gone too, and Tyree Wilson, I think, might be gone too. If Tyree Wilson's there, I think long and hard about you know, taking him. But what do we need to do? Obviously, we need pass rush, but you got to protect fields. So I think it comes down to me. It's between Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky. So Skaronsky, sorry. So to me, which one do you like more? A lot has been said about Peter Skaronsky's 32-inch arms and then you got Paris Johnson's 36-inch arm, some of the longest for some of the smallest. But I think it comes down to polls. He knows offensive linemen. He played for a bit. He's a guy that he brought us Braxton Jones last year in the fifth round. I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice. you got to get your big-time offensive lineman here and protect Justin Fields. You know? Yeah, it's funny you say that, Clay, because I've struggled with that, and I think most Bears fans have. Like, what direction are you going to go in sitting at number 9? And – you know, initially I was okay with the offensive lineman, get a stud there, someone that you could just plug in and ja, everything's fine, right? Yeah. But then I thought to myself, I said, listen, this is not a one-year turnaround. The Bears are not all of a sudden vying for the Super Bowl with all these, you know, moves that they're making. So then I thought to myself, if I want the Bears to be as competitive as possible, why not steal a quote from Ryan Poles himself? If I make the defense better, then I make Justin Fields better. And for me, you know, it wasn't a big move on the offensive line, but you do bring in a Gabe Davis, or excuse me, a Nate Davis, so that that way, you know, he can, you know, bolster up the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've brought in your weapons, as you mentioned, in the D- with a DJ Moore. So the offense, we can all agree, even just right now, should be better, right? Yeah. Because you've added an offensive lineman and some wide receivers. So even if you didn't do anything else, the offense should be better, right? But if you if you shore up that defense. If you can get that defense to be above average, especially in this NFC North, I think to me that's the difference. And the way you can do it is by going D lineman at number nine. So that's why to me, I would go that way because yeah, you could you can make the offensive line a little bit better, but if your defense sucks, yeah. if you can't stop anybody, and 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 you pointed it out during crosstalk with Parkinson Spiegel, Justin Fields is putting up thirty points with a trash offense. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so if we're if we're giving him, you're going to sign another offensive line. But let's just say, even right now, we're giving him another better offensive line. You're giving him better uh, wide receiver. You're getting a healthy Mooney back. You're getting a, a, a Chase Claypool that's you know going to be practicing with him in the offseason. So to me, it's it's, it's like a no brainer. I say you go you go defense there, but you know that's where a lot of people you know differ as to it. Because you, I've heard people say that they should take uh, the cornerback from Illinois. You know, somebody yeah. like that. Take the best corner that's there. And I'm like, what? They need that, too. And I get it. You need defensive line. You need offensive line. These trenches. I don't understand. Now, Poles has done a great job. I mean, he's brought in some some great free agents. I mean, Foreman, Tunyon, Billings, P.J. Walker, Travis Homer, Edmonds, Nate Davis, T.J. Edwards. But he hasn't built the trenches. And I know he's like, he doesn't want to spend it all right now. But you still got $41 million. 
Okay, I know you're saying, oh, we can't spend, we can't turn around. You can. When are you going to have $100 million again and a first pick in the NFL draft? It's yeah. not a normal situation. So my one critique would be he should have brought in another offensive lineman and another defensive lineman. So now you're not pigeonholed into the draft. I know there's still some time left. There's still some decent you know, players out there that, you know, you could still look at and bring in a depth signing for the offense and defensive line. But now if you go into the draft like this, everybody knows you're going offense and defensive line. Everyone. Everyone. They know what you're doing and, and you it's a it's a severe need. And rookies in this league, I don't care what round they're drafted in, they are never a sure thing until yeah. you put on the pads and you see them play in an NFL football game, an NFL training camp, in an NFL locker room. It is a different ball game. The speed the verbiage, the playbook. You don't know. I don't care if you got the first pick in the draft. You don't know. And you are you have these need positions when you have the money to fill them with veterans that have been there. You bring in those veterans, and then you give the op, then you give the rookie the chance to break into the starting lineup and see what he can do. So for my in, in my opinion, I think polls, he still can, but he should have brought in a couple more players in the trenches. He's Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet. I'm Gabe Ramirez. 15-year radio alum? I don't know. It doesn't sound the same. <laughs> this is 670, <laughs> the score. So, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, Clay, and I'm curious, when you're thinking of free agency yeah. and you're thinking of, you know, veterans in the trenches for you, which do you put a higher value on? A veteran defensive lineman or a veteran offensive lineman? Assuming that they both can impact the trenches the same, who, who do you value more? In this situation, I probably value the offensive lineman more because – you know, you have that young that young quarterback. You want to give him the time, and obviously, the defensive line is going to help Fields in the long run because a better defense, you know, creates a you know more opportunities in offense, better field position. You you know, you get the ball back in in a, in a better spot. You get the ball back more more time of possession. You know, it's all symbiotic, especially in this game of football. I mean, special teams, everything works together. But that offensive line, I mean, you can't beat that. If you're running for your life, and we saw Justin Fields was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year. Obviously, the Bears line wasn't great. I don't think they were as bad as some people thought they were. But you, you, they have to get better. Yeah, they had good moments. They had moments, but you have to get better. You have to improve, and I think they missed. You brought in a right guard. Our best player on our line was literally a right guard. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins. Grade so it out well. <laughs> the best. So you're bringing in a position that our best player plays, and now you're going to move our best player to a different position when he showed he can be one of the best players in the league at this position? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, I mean, not only are they going to try to address it via free agency, maybe some cap casualties can, you know, pop up on the radar and they want to be in a position to do that. But the problem is it's like fantasy football that you touched on earlier, Clay. Yeah. It's like – Sometimes, you know, you, you passed up a guy because you thought you, you were going to get him, and then before you know it, there's been a run on running backs, and now you're just stuck with the trash running backs that are left over. <laughs> and you can see Poles, you know, finding himself in the very similar situation where, you know, he allowed the top blue guys, so to speak, kind of, you know, be – like, like, like when you're looking at Orlando Brown, did you, did you scoff at that, at the money that he was given, or, or did you say, damn, I wish Poles would have just opened the checkbook and gave it to him? I understand why they didn't get Orlando Brown because right. he doesn't fit their scheme. The bull, the Bears pull their tackles. That's why Braxton Jones is a perfect fit. He's so athletic. This guy's a freak athlete. He can move. He can pull. They, they, you, Luke Getze uses the tackle in such an athletic way. Orlando Brown's huge. The guy's 6'8", 360 pounds. He makes the blind side look small. <laughs> I mean, this dude is massive. He looks like the mountain on Game of Thrones. I've met this dude before. It's unbelievable. 
big dude. A huge. The guy, I shook the guy's hand and it like just swallowed my freaking entire hand. I'm like, wow, I'm never doing that again. But, but, he, but he's not beating uh, Khalil Herbert to the edge on the other he side. He is not pulling. <laughs> he's not getting out on the edge and doing these athletic things. So I was okay with that. But there were other tackles out there that I thought you could go after. There's still one that I like, Cameron Fleming. Played with him in New England. He's still out there. This guy that can play oh, wow. right or left tackle. I think Poles needs to go and get him. I've played with him. He's an athletic guy. He's a veteran. He played with Bill Belichick. The guy can learn an offense. He's a Stanford grad as well. So, I mean, there's a guy out there you can still get. And I think there's probably a couple guys out there. You know, I got to check the list. But Cameron Fleming, Fleming is a guy I know is still out there that could really help this Bears team. He can play right or left tackle. He's done it. He played eight games at right tackle last year and seven games at left. There's still some guys you can get to improve this offensive line so you don't go in in a panic and having to, you know, give a rookie a starting job without even earning it. Yeah, I mean, and of course, there's a lot of work to be done still for the Chicago Bears team. It's going to be interesting to watch what Ryan Poles uh, does to assemble uh, the roster that needs to be performing at a high level so we can really assess Justin Fields and this team, right? It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor here on 670 to score. Uh, Clay, did you watch any college basketball over the weekend? Your bracket all right? You doing all right? Absolutely, man. My bracket's you know, trash. I picked Kansas to win. Yeah, you know I had to watch some college basketball. That's man, okay. Man. I had Purdue. Purdue, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are sad. No one's talking about college basketball uh, this week because a lot of people's brackets suck. That's why. Uh, but the good thing is we get an opportunity to talk to Joe Rexroad on the other side, senior writer for The Athletic in Nashville. He was at a ton of games. I wonder what he thought about the upsets. And, well, who does he think from the field that is left over can actually be uh, hoisting the trophy at the end of the season? We'll get that answer on the other side as well. It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.